When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. You guys know me. I'm Ben. I ask our auto editor, Scott Benjamin, questions. Scott, are you, you feel like answering some questions that's, today? That's me, and I do feel like answering questions. Great. Then we are ready to get going on this. Uh... We talk a lot about racing. Uh, I I really enjoy. I've never raced in NASCAR or Formula One or anything like that, what? but I love watching them. You never been in Formula One? I thought I had you picked as a driver, but maybe not. No, um, I just wear this yeah. suit and this helmet because <laughs> yeah, it makes me feel better. The Nomex fire suit, yeah, that's good. Uh, good luck. I I am a I like to be prepared, Scott. I was a Boy Scout, so. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we digress. Uh, Let's go back to this race topic because what I want, what I was wondering, um, these are races a lot of times of endurance, right? Well, yeah, they're, they're um, well. There's a difference between endurance racing and what we're talking about sure. here, really. Endurance racing is you know maybe 12 hours, 24 hours, mm-hmm. something like that. You know, or long distances like uh, not that these aren't long distances, but um, you know, thousand miles in the desert or something like that. That's usually classified as endurance racing. What we're talking about are races that can last as much as 500 miles, 600 miles, mm-hmm. uh, usually 250, 400 miles. That's kind of the norm. Um, but, yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of um, things that can go wrong in that, uh, in that amount of time or the, that amount of laps. And as a matter of fact, we can count on at least a few things going wrong. Just, just with the the strain and the stress that these vehicles are put under. Correct, and it's not always something going wrong. It's um, you know something that maybe needs attention or something or not attention rather, but uh, something that needs to be um, replaced, replenished, yeah, re- replenished. replenished. Yeah, because there are things that are are designed to wear during the race, uh, such as tires and fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, fuel not fuel wears, but you understand that it's yeah. it's used during the race. Uh, so what we're talking about then is we're talking about pit stops. Right, because where do they go when they need yeah, they, this, this replenishment? Exactly. They have to come in and, uh, and perform what they call a pit stop, and this is in 
really basically any kind of race. And there are sprint races where, you know, this isn't necessary. But sure. uh, for the most part, you know, when you're talking about a, a race, a NASCAR race, a, for, a Formula One race, an um, IndyCar race, uh, you're going to see pit stops. Yeah. Well, and, are they always the same pit stop? No. No, they're actually they're dramatically different between all different series. Now, the the idea behind them is the same, that, you know, you, you fix and replace and repair and, um, you know, do whatever you have to do. Yeah. There's some races where, you know, the drivers will switch if you're talking endurance racing, like we just mentioned. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, there are other ones where, um, you know, the vehicle's been damaged and it needs to be uh, repaired quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, other times it's just, you know, just needs fuel and tires, which is kind of the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, there are adjustments that can be made. There's all sorts of things that can happen during a pit stop. The driver could come in because of, you know, uh, they need something fixed within the car. Maybe there's, uh, you know, an electrical failure. Maybe there's, you know, something like that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, they won't pull in just because they need a drink or something like that. Right. But um, that also happens during a pit stop, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, too. Well, let's I, – I am surprised. Uh, I know, of course, I'm, I'm showing a bit of my ignorant nature here when I admit – uh, that I had, I did not know that pit stops were different across races, and it seems as though they are. But before we really get into that, uh, we, we've talked about the basics here, uh, tires and gas, right, mm-hmm. being yes. the basics, or fuel, I should be more correct when sure. I say that. Uh, my record for changing a tire, for getting out of the trunk, putting it on, putting the spa- or taking it off, putting the spare on, etc., mm-hmm. uh, is actually not too bad it's a little bit under uh nine minutes i think nine minutes that's pretty good yeah that's well pretty good i was i was lucky you know the wind was at my back that day <laughs> but uh surely nine minutes is not going to cut it for changing one tire to pit stop uh, how fast are these guys well uh depends on what type of series you're talking about because that also is uh, dramatically different really yeah that's right so if you're talking about nascar formula one indycar mm. all of them have different acceptable times i guess because you know you you go through these eras where you know in the 70s it might have been 20 seconds acceptable for you know this this pit stop in this this division whatever we're talking about seconds 20 seconds. seconds yeah 20 25 seconds that might have been fine back then but now you know depends on again what you're talking about but uh-huh. it could be as little as 10 seconds wow i yeah. almost got i almost got bleeped out wow. I almost Said some inappropriate <laughs> long pause and you know what yeah. that's not even the the lowest i'll tell you about that later well let's go um, S- really just yeah yeah they get really really low i mean you you wouldn't believe how fast this happens it's it's really impressive it's it's something to watch well we've got two options here then how how, how do we want to work this out scott do we want to do we want to go uh maybe race by race like nascar indy formula one and talk about each one or do we want to talk about general specifics across the three um well let's let's talk about um Let's talk about each one. Let's All just right. do it that way. We'll Let's go do right down way. the list. And I, I've got them in, in that order. I've got NASCAR, IndyCar, and Formula One here. And we can talk about them just as we go. We can, you know, Boom. tell me whatever you want. That's Sounds right. good to me. Okay, so NASCAR. NASCAR, you're pretty familiar with that stock car racing, right? Yes, sir. Um, seven men are allowed over the wall uh, for NASCAR uh, pit stop. And that doesn't mean that there are more than, or less than seven, or I'm sorry, it doesn't mean that there are exactly seven people that are working on the it car. It could There's, be three. There are, no, no, there are, there are always seven over the wall. Um, there could be even one more that's allowed over the wall during some races. It depends. If, if uh, the person's only going to take off the uh, the windshield cover, there's a, a tear-off mm-hmm. uh, for the windshield. There's, there are t- so there are times when an eighth man is allowed, um, but the, he has a very limited roll. So it's usually just seven people maintaining that vehicle during the pit stop. Okay. There's a jack man, 
two air wrench men, two tire men, a fuel man, and a catch a catch can man, which is really working with the fuel man. Oh, okay. Um, so those are the seven people. And usually a NASCAR pit stop is acceptable is around 15 seconds. Wow. Somewhere around there, or less than 15 seconds is preferred, of course. Now, that's just a, yeah. a, a generality. I mean, um, we're going to talk in general terms for all this because sure. there's always going to be exceptions. You know, maybe they don't give it a full shot of fuel. Mm-hmm. Maybe they only do the tires. Maybe uh, they only do the right side tires. Um, you know, that type of thing. There's a lot of variables in this. So we'll, okay. we'll say just a full uh, tires, fuel, generally takes about 15 seconds. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty good. So... Again, that that but that's here's we'll talk about this also. But yeah. um, the, one of the big differences is in how the vehicle is raised in the air, and not only not just the number of people, but how the vehicle gets up in the air. Each each of those three series that I, we mentioned uh-huh. has a different way of getting the vehicle up so you can get the tires off. Now, there's a jackman in NASCAR. In NASCAR, there is one jackman, and, and he has to carry that jack over the wall, get it underneath the the outside edge of the car first. Then come around to the other side, jack the car up again, and then let the car down. That's one person's job. In IndyCar, which we'll get into in a moment, there are air jacks, which um, are like these pneumatic, um, I guess, rods that drop down and push the car up straight in the air as soon as it lands in the pit. Um, It has something to do with the fuel. It's an air-activated system. Okay. And uh, so there's no jack man in Indy, and there's no device or anything that lifts it other than these pneumatically controlled jacks. Huh. They, they, uh, they drop out from the bottom of the vehicle. And in F1, there's actually a front and a rear jack man, but it's kind of a different thing. It looks like almost like a hand truck or a hand dolly. Oh, okay. And they drive the, the, when they enter the pits in F1, the driver drives right into, almost right into that jack man. You'll see it kind of, it almost strikes the jack man, really. He's holding the jack in place. <laughs> and then he, he quickly bends down, lifts up the, the front end. The person in the back has to approach the vehicle after the car stops and then insert the jack and lift it up. So there's a front and rear in F1. I see. And the front goes up first. All right, but I'm getting way ahead of myself. No, 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 no. I think think um, a a preview is good here. Now, when in IndyCar, Uh there are six people out over the wall. So it's slightly different than NASCAR. There's six versus seven. Because there's no jackman. Uh, there is no jackman. That's right. And uh, the positions are roughly the same. Um, you know, there's a fuel person, air wrench. You know, there's a single lug on these. Instead of in NASCAR, there's, I believe, there's five lugs on each wheel. So that's quick work, you know, the real mm-hmm. fast air wrench work. In IndyCar, there's just one, a single nut. So um, it's a little bit faster, but, um, again, you know, you're still taking a wheel off and putting it. Surprisingly, they're, they're relatively close in time. An average IndyCar time uh, pit stop is right around, I'm going to say right around 10, 12 seconds. Um, that'd be kind of a ballpark. That's a amazing. General ballpark. It might be a little bit more, um, but it's still pretty fast. I mean, when you consider what they're doing. Quick question, Scott. Yeah. Uh, just, just for clarification, with these teams of two airmen and two tiremen, mm-hmm. is that one airman, one tireman per side? Um, no, I believe it's – no, they do it <laughs> – this, this gets where it gets confusing because okay. when you watch these guys, you'd almost – they're moving so quickly. Sure. It's tough to tell who's, who's where. Um, so the, the two they, – they attack one side of the car at a time. I see. So they, they all head to the outside edge. The jackman lifts up the car. You know, they get the wheels off. They put the wheel on. One person is just holding the tire. The, the one person is just working the wrench only. Okay. So there's someone working on the front, someone working on the back. There's two sets of two guys working on the vehicle. Yeah. And then they move to the, the other side of the vehicle, the inside edge. Okay. Um, closest to the wall. I see. Okay. Now, if you want to talk about something that's incredible to watch, mm-hmm. watch a Formula One pit stop. 
Um, this can have as many as and I've, I've tried counting this, Ben. I can't find it anywhere. Uh-huh. I've seen as many as 20 people attacking an F1 car at one time. How do they get? How do they get twenty people it, around it? <laughs> it seems like it, you wouldn't believe it. It, it. it the driver drives into almost what looks like a U shape of people, um, kind of like mm-hmm. a funnel. Mm-hmm. The car when the car hits the pit stop, so they're they're surrounding the car, completely surrounding the car. Hmm. Um, everyone has a very specific job in in Formula One, really specific. I mean, I mean, tiny little job. To, not tiny. I mean, they're all important, of course. Yeah, but, but what I mean is, very, they've got a, they've very got a, specific. Exactly. They've got one job to do, they do it, and it's done. A Formula One pit stop can be achieved in right around seven seconds. Hmm. And that's that's full fuel, which is electronically controlled, by the way. The fuel is predetermined before the car comes in how much they want to take in. They program it. They take out this uh, this huge uh, filler hose mm-hmm. attached to the vehicle, and, and just as much as they want to goes in. Just pop it in. Uh, exactly as much as they want to because that has a lot to do with weight and, and how far they need to go and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So they can either conserve time by adding less fuel if they know they're going to be able to come in or make it to the end of the race mm-hmm. or, um, you know, give it a full load of fuel. Well, let's talk Let's talk about some of the, the irregular aspects. Uh, of course, as we know, accidents happen, and we've mentioned this before in some of our other racing episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say somebody gets a, a crack on, on the front uh, area of the vehicle or mm-hmm. something smacks in the back. That The pit stop is the time where that's fixed as well, right? Correct. Yeah, they do this incredibly fast body work, and that's a, lo- a lot of it's just quick-release hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, so they pull in um, someone knows exactly what they're going to need before they come in because they have communication with the driver, of course, you know, two-way uh-huh. radios. Um, they know exactly what they need when they come in. They have it ready to go. As soon as it pulls in, they do that also. Now, that adds that adds time, or they may come in just for that repair. They may not take tires at that point. They may not take fuel. It depends on what they need. I see. Um, so it can be accomplished quickly. But remember, every time you're in the pits, you're losing positions out on the track. Right. Doesn't matter when it is, even if it's under caution, you're mm-hmm. better to come in under caution because you know the field is traveling slower and you're you're more yeah. likely to come out on the lead lap. Um, there's a lot of pit strategy that happens in races. In fact, a lot of races are won or lost in the pits. That's, on pit strategy. Yeah, and you'll hear that thrown around a lot yeah. on the weekends that races are won or lost here. And in fact, it's it's really true. I mean, you can see it if there's a mistake made. Um, a lot of times, you know, the, the the race is lost because of the pit crew. Um, or it could be one because of the pit crew. Um, not to downplay the drivers for all of course, right, but right. Um, it's, it, I'd say, equally important, really. Really? That's, yeah. That sounds like a high-stress occupation already. It, it really is, yeah. And, and there can be some really bad mishaps in the pits, and there can uh-huh. also be some you know, just fantastic things that happen in the pits. It's, it's all about incredible precision. Uh-huh. If you watch them, it really is... Uh, it's like like a ballet or something. I mean, they're really <laughs> they're really well timed, perfect in everything they do, and that's because they practice, practice, practice. I mean, they do, they don't ever stop practicing. Boom! You read my mind. I was going to ask. That was one of the questions. They do drills. Oh, they do lots of drills. In fact, they I um they, they practice all week long, mm-hmm. the day of the race. The you know I mean maybe not the exact day of the race, but every day up to the race. During the race is the big show, and then they start practicing again for next week. And kind of uh, play, uh, or not not play, but they, they run contingency plans in different scenarios. Of course, so. yeah. They've got to have everything ready to go. So, if, you know, they, they practice replacing, um, in Formula 1, they may re- 
practice replacing the the front nose piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may practice um, making you know adjustments, um, downforce adjustments to the car, uh-huh. wedge adjustments to a NASCAR. Um, you know, it, just everything. They they take into account everything. And um, one thing I should mention is that in in Indianapolis they have something called Carburation Day, which has been shortened to Carb Day recently because cars don't really have. Carburetors right. There's that. Um, yeah. So carburation day at the Indianapolis 500. I think it's usually held on the Thursday. I think it's stressing my mind here, but I think it's Thursday before the race, and they have a competition for pit crews, uh, a speed competition. Oh, and wow. this year's winner of the Indianapolis 500, which was Helio Castroneves, his team actually won the pit crew competition, which kind of says something, you know, that his yeah. team is precision. That's uh, that's Team Penske, really. Uh-huh. Um, his team won with a time of, and I believe it was just uh, just under eight seconds. It's like seven point nine eight seconds or something Jeez. like that. Um, extremely fast, and that's again that's fuel and tires. Man, so you're talking like eight seconds, but that's you know running in a competition. That's not a real race scenario. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I'm I'm assuming that a race average time now is is right around the 10 second mark you know that's probably about average and it could be because this really is a situation where milliseconds might make a difference it they, they truly do yeah because um you know if they if they leave the pit just a second too late or uh-huh. i mean a half a second too late or you know even yeah. less um they risk you know losing a spot out on the track let's let's go back to something we mentioned earlier but we didn't really examine talking about if the driver needs a drink or something like oh, that. Yeah. Does that happen in the pit yeah, stop? Yeah, it does. And and the funny thing is, like, you know, we mentioned that, you know, there are X number of men allowed yeah. at the walls, you know, seven, six, whatever, uh-huh. 16. Um, there's often, you'll see someone with a a pole, like a long, a long extension pole. And uh-huh. sometimes they'll have a, a cool drink on the end of that pole that they can hand to the driver through the window, yet not go over the wall. So it's kind of a way of getting around that rule, <laughs> really. Yeah. Or they may have um, a squeegee that you know they can clean the window with or they mm-hmm. can remove debris from the front end of the car so you know it improves aerodynamics um it, there's a lot they can do to kind of get around this and they and they do mm-hmm. which is uh, i think it's interesting it's it's you know innovative i guess and it's and it's allowed too it is allowed as it's long not, as they're not over the wall it's not playing dirty at all or anything yeah. that's just you know here's a safe way to hand the driver a drink oh uh, yeah you know okay. that type of, and the driver usually just crumples up the cup and throws it out the window and they're gone i i've got to ask you i only have two more questions mm-hmm. um First of these, how, do we know how people become pit crew well, operatives? Well, yeah, I think they're actually training. I mean, of course, they're mechanics. Yeah, trained for that type of thing. You know, the, either the the race team, you know, recruits them, or mm-hmm. somehow they, they, you know, come in contact with one another. And then it's going to take. It's not. You're not going to be a pit crew member right away. Of course, you would have to go through extensive training. I mean, sure. I would guess, and I'm I'm just guessing, but mm-hmm. you may not be the the man over the wall the first year. Um, you may be, you know, maybe the next year after yeah. you train and train and train because they're not going to have somebody on the team that, uh, you know, on that team mm-hmm. that makes that much of a difference in the race results mm-hmm. right away, you know, because there, there could be mistakes made no matter how much confidence they have in you. It'd be it'd be pretty rough uh, to be put in that position too, I think. Yeah, and and if you look at it from that way, it really makes sense. I'm sh- I'm guessing here as well, Scott, but just my assumption would be that there's another team of people behind the wall who are prepping everything for the crew that goes over the wall. Oh, there are, there are extra men. I don't know if it's an, another complete team. Right. But, um, yeah, there are extra people that are working behind the scenes that you don't really see that, you know, mm-hmm. um, they're back there. They're part of the team, but they're, uh, they're doing the kind of the behind the scenes work. So for our listeners who might be interested 
in uh, joining up with the pit crew with Team Penske, uh, yeah. the number one in the game right now. Uh, one of the things they might want to consider is, uh, you know, making making a real continual effort at it because you're probably not going to get over the wall yeah, right away. Well, that's pure speculation on my part. Sure, my that's part, speculation but, on my part, but, too. But, I mean, I just can't imagine them putting a, a mm-hmm. relative no- novice mm-hmm. over the wall at Indianapolis, um, you know, Enormous responsibility. Exactly. Nerves of steel. You have to be incredibly fast. Yeah. You have to basically be like the Flash with an air wrench. Extremely physically fit as well because, I mean, you're throwing those tires around and you're you're yeah. running. and I mean, you, you watch them as they, they go around the vehicle. They're practically laying sideways. They're, they're cornering so hard on their shoes, you know, as they get around the vehicle. Yeah. Uh, these guys are athletes. They really are. That's a really good point. Yeah, they're mechanic athletes. You know what? If I was on a pit crew... I think I would I think I would be good as either the front jackman on the Formula One or maybe the, the guy who gives the drinks on a pole. Oh, talk about nerves of steel. You gotta let the Formula One car come right at you and almost well it come it hits you really. Hey man, we live on the edge <laughs> on this show. What what about you? What would you do? Uh, I think Formula One just because I like to be in an in IndyCar too. I mean I mm-hmm. like the open wheel stuff. I'm not so much uh you know the uh, the stock car. Yeah, that's just not me. I'd I'd much rather be the uh, the open wheel. You'd much rather be driving. I you know and because I've I've spent so much time I've lived in Indianapolis mm-hmm. for a long time and I've been around that race so often that um, that might be my choice Indianapolis. And that's that's a pretty that's a pretty good choice there. Yeah. So we probably wouldn't run into any competition. <laughs> that's well, it, I guess if our if our listeners want to learn some more about the races. They can, uh, they can check back on our earlier episodes. We've got the car of tomorrow. Sure. I blog about uh, racing all the time on my, on my blog post every day on the homepage. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot of information out there on our site available. And thanks so much for tuning in and giving us a listen. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have any ideas or suggestions for a future topic, please send us an email at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly. How much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. 
As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.